Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. Today, I'm joined by Conrad Kennedy, a special guest here at Berkeley Haas because he is an exchange student from Masade. I'll let you talk a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So first of all, hello. Very grateful for you having me on the show. I am an exchange student from Asada Business School in Barcelona, where I am currently studying a full-time MBA. And I'm thrilled to be here at Berkeley for a semester where uh, I am taking my exchange semester abroad. Welcome. Thank you. So Conrad and I met because we were sitting next to each other in our venture capital private equity class, which we are enjoying immensely. I have to start off with asking you, is there a reason why you picked this class uh, or were there other classes that you were looking at? There is a reason. So in my choice of potential schools I could have taken abroad, Berkeley stood out mostly because of the access it has to the Bay Area and industry. Mm. Over the course of my MBA, I've become very interested in impact investing, social entrepreneurship. And as part of that, obviously, venture capital and private equity help fill the picture of the full financial circle. So here, um, not only is it a very relevant topic, but also because of the location, there are some excellent speakers coming in and it seems that the quality of the class is really high, at least based on the two that we've had so far. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's that. <laughs> well, before we dig into all that juicy stuff, let's hear a little bit about your background. Where are you from, you know, where you grew up, and, and how you kind of got to Isade? Sure. So it might be a long story. It's <laughs> fine. I am half Irish, half Polish, and I was born in London. I grew up most of my life in Poland, and I went through the British school system. So when I was living in Poland, my parents weren't really sure where exactly we were going to go, hence the whole UK system. And as part of that, I naturally went to university for my undergraduate to the UK. So I studied at Warwick University. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. I studied philosophy, politics, and economics over there, had a great time, moved around a bit, and oddly went into tech. So um, I've been mostly working in fintech. I had a job at a startup in the UK, which actually took me here to San Francisco a couple of times. That was an incredible journey. Uh, We ended up getting acquired by Apple. Mm. It really instilled the entrepreneurial bug in me. And at the time, I wasn't really sure what I could sort of take from that. Um, When we were actually acquired by Apple, we had quite strict NDA, which meant I wasn't actually able to refer to that acquisition for up to two years. Wow, okay. Which uh, led me to look at how can I bolster my CV, beefing it up a little. And I joined Barclays, the bank. So I joined over there on a structured fast-track leadership program, which had me rotating around the business. I was specializing mostly on the peripheral of tech and innovation, mostly in product management roles. Okay, I did a few cool things. I led the credit card app for the UK. I helped set up what is now the world's biggest bank-run fintech community. And I also had an opportunity to live abroad, uh, working for a joint venture company between Barclays and a Swedish bank. So oddly, I was based in Norway right. for, uh, for about a year. Over the years, I've been moving towards a specialization between product and, I guess, tech strategy as such. Mm-hmm. And I've been immensely enjoying that. But I have spent quite a lot of time in the UK. 
Mm -hmm. And one of the realizations I had was that I wanted to gain more international experience. So with that, I started looking at some potential moves. And I found it quite difficult at that stage to get potentially, you know, a similar job or as good a job overseas, right. which started, you know, the road to essentially an MBA or thinking about how can I sort of facilitate a move like that. I spoke to a lot of previous mentors. They as well helped guide me in my thinking, what should you be looking to get out of an MBA? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's not going to surprise you, network is a, a really key um, element. Right. So the way I see my future, I, I love the US. I have traveled here quite a bit for work in the past, but I'm likely to go back to Europe and settle in Europe long term. So for me, European business schools were the natural choice. Mm -hmm. And with a name of internationalizing outside of the UK, I was looking as well for business schools out of the UK. Um, That's it's so yeah. fascinating when you talk about internationalizing, because when we think of Europe to, to us Americans, like Europe is international, you know, and for you to want to come to the US for that to be considered national, it makes sense. Yeah. But even within Europe, there's so many countries. It, it feels like to me, you already have so much quote unquote international experience, right? Versus someone like me traveling around the US, working around the US, we're just still contained within the US. Sure. It's, it's fascinating to hear that you still sought that kind of experience. I guess there is a little bit of catching the bug. Yeah. You constantly want more. And the great thing with Europe, even though it's not necessarily a great distance from one country to another, mm -hmm. you're exposed to completely different mindsets, very different cultures. Right. And I think there's a lot of personal gain from experiencing some period of your life in some of those different environments. Right. So um, I've been very fortunate for sure to get to actually live in some of these places. Nice. Well, going back to some of the things you brought up initially, can you tell us a little bit more about what you know, impact investing, social investing, some of these things that you talked about that you're interested in are? Sure. So I'll say I'm still very early in my learning curve. Mm -hmm. I guess I've been very interested in how one grows businesses. Mm. And that for me has laid the foundations of digging into a bit more the entrepreneurial mindsets right. and some of the facilitated classes and supporting network, I guess. And obviously a big element of, you know, how you grow a business is also financing. Right. So that's been, you know, one side, but I've also been very engaged on a social element. So I like to give to charity. I like to get involved in certain initiatives. Um, a friend and I, we were sponsoring a orphanage in Malawi for about four years. Wow. And What's been really nice is over the course of the MBA, I have come across impact investing for the first time, which seems to tie those two elements. So essentially getting a financial return along with a social return. Mm. And to me, that's really fascinating because it's quite gratifying in terms of the work that you can be doing mm -hmm. on you know, multiple fronts, really. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very keen to learn a lot more. Europe is... Interesting because impact investing perhaps is still relatively immature. I think in general, one of the tough elements of it is how do you actually measure some of those social metrics? So coming here, I mean, again, you know, going back to your earlier question about why VCNP, been very interested about learning a little bit more on those elements as well, how the Bay Area is leading some of the fronts. 
actually a lot of the thought leadership on impact investing is originating from the Bay Area as well. So oh, really? I'm, okay. I'm hoping very much to learn as much as I can while I'm here and see if maybe I can actually apply some things either back home in, in Europe or on some future projects in Africa. So you've been in, at Berkeley for, for what, a couple of weeks now? Yeah, about two weeks. <laughs> Have you had a chance to kind of explore outside of the campus and talk to you know, some of these, uh, these thought leaders or people in the community that are involved with impact investing? So it's a very early stage. I've signed up for a few conferences. Mm. So I'll be going to a conference called Launch later in the, in the year. Nice. And honestly, I'm still at a stage where I'm finding my feet over here. So I've just moved to San Francisco. Yeah. I'm signing up for the class. I've <laughs> signed up for a few others. There are some weekend classes as well. I've signed up for impact finance and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, we'll be making the relevant connections and be seeking out future events as well that I can participate in. Well, if any listeners uh, are interested in this field as well, we'll definitely put up Conrad's email uh, <laughs> and, and feel free to reach out to Conrad in this area. <laughs> Thanks. Now, that's that's I think that's part of the purpose of this podcast, right? Is is not only to help share your story, but to help you connect and connect with others that are interested with the same backgrounds. So. What other classes are you taking other than this VC PE class? So I've signed up for Corporate Launchpad. That what's that? So that's led by Professor Bill Pierce. Okay. It is essentially taking you through the innovation cycle and helping equip you with perhaps the toolkit or skill sets to launch projects and new initiatives within the corporate environment. Mm-hmm. It's really nicely run. Again, I've only had two classes over there so far, so perhaps a bit too early to, to comment, but it, it seems like a, a really good class. I've signed up for building a consumer internet business, mm-hmm. impact finance and entrepreneurship, Bay Area innovation and entrepreneurship, and social impact metrics as well. well what is it? Should, should you sign up for five classes? Yeah, so two of them are one credit classes. Got it. So got quite it. Okay. short. I'm really curious because I imagine Saudi's part of the um, the exchange network with Berkeley. So they're Berkeley students that have a chance to go over there. What is it like or what was it like? Uh, and how do you kind of compare your experiences between these couple of weeks so far at Berkeley to what your MBA experience has been like in Barcelona? Great question. So Barcelona, first of all, is a fantastic city to live in and it has a very unique energy so mm-hmm. of course that's going to be quite different to <laughs> the energy here in the bay area yeah but i do find that people here on the whole share in terms of a positive outlook mm-hmm. on life and perhaps even are more open more ready to engage in conversation over here so that's a really really nice thing to experience interesting the weather is honestly similarly great uh-huh. i cannot complain <laughs> uh, especially if i'm comparing you know, where I grew up in Poland or where I was living in London. Right. So here, um, I think that there's a pretty shared experience. Haas, I will say, has a beautiful campus. That was one of the first things that really struck me. It's immeasurably bigger than Asade. So Asade, it's on a whole about a 6,000 person campus. Our MBA program itself is much smaller at about 200 people. Okay. So, you know, you, you do have size differences. Right. I think in terms of the engagement of students, maybe you see more activities outdoors over here, but I, w- I would put that down probably to size. Mm-hmm. 
I, I guess what I'm more curious about is the classroom interactions mm. uh, and how I'm kind of curious if the MBA is taught universally. Sure. In you know, with these case studies, is it? Do you find kind of the the, the course format? I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but do you find the course format, the amount of classroom discourse, to be very similar? I think it's different. So, our class body is quite a bit more international at Isade. Mm-hmm. So our class is ninety seven percent international, as in non Spanish. Right. And in, out of the 200 students, so 187, in fact, in our class, we have 51 nationalities. So that inspires quite different viewpoints, I oh. think, perhaps on a wider range than you would get over here. Yeah, absolutely. What I do find in terms of the level of engagement on the whole, the classes I have been to so far at Haas, students are very engaged. You can see that the level of preparation is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would say that in most of the classes, I've noticed actually that some of the case discussions don't go quite as deep as mm. they do at Esade. Mm. So sometimes we'll actually go through perhaps frameworks, drill down a little bit deeper. Right. But the takeaways over here maybe are a little bit more direct. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still to make up my mind, if yeah. I'm being honest, <laughs> which approach I prefer. Right. And especially if you know you actually invest quite a lot of time at home or outside of the classroom to actually engage with the case. Right. Other than that, I think what is very clear is Berkeley being in the Bay Area, it seems that most of the classes are going to be attracting some fantastic guest speakers mm-hmm. on a scale that I think purely being in Barcelona has had a struggles to compete with. Mm. We have had some fantastic speakers over there, but I'm getting the impression over here that this is a really regular occurrence almost on a weekly uh, basis, right, right. which to me is pure joy. So I'm, I'm really enjoying as well the connection to industry. I think it's so wonderful that you're getting experience uh, both sides because there, there are definitely pros and cons to, to anywhere you go, right? Sure. Are the courses taught in English or in Spanish? Oh, in English. I, I would be struggling in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's also fascinating. Are any courses taught in Spanish at Asade? So Asade does actually have a Spanish-speaking MBA. I'm in the international MBA, okay. which is taught in English. And most of the classes are taught by international professors, right. some of them as well teaching at different business schools overseas. Right. So English de facto is... The main language. Yeah. When you come in, if you don't have Spanish as a first language and you're at a basic level, Asada does require you to actually learn Spanish. Okay. So it's compulsory for all our students in the first semester. I mean, I would hope so. If you live in Barcelona, you know, you you should learn Spanish, right? Sure. So, <laughs> so the funny thing over there, there's always a debate whether you should be learning Spanish or Catalan. Uh, so Barcelona, right. obviously, in Catalonia, they're they're quite proud as right. well of, of their roots. And you do see quite a few places where they advertise you know, menus and other things, mostly in Catalan. But right. sure, Spanish is definitely useful. And I encourage everybody to learn when they're there. You're making me a little jealous of the <laughs> fact that your, your classmates come from, like you said, 50-some countries. And, yeah. and uh, once you guys graduate, that's, that's an awesome network of people to go visit, right? Versus me graduating here, or us graduating here, we'll just be like, well, I might go visit someone in the South Bay or or in this city, because most students tend to stay around 
where they graduate or where, where they went to school. Sure. Is, is that, I guess that brings up a new question. Is that the case for Sade in terms of, you know, career management and career services? Do they, how do they help you guys find jobs? I imagine it's not finding jobs in Spain. No. So unfortunately, most students don't remain in Spain. Okay. And I would argue that the main reason for that is the state of the job market. Mm. So Barcelona in particular, it doesn't necessarily offer the best wages, the best opportunities. Mm. So it does force students to look overseas. Right, right. And that's quite typical for most of the batch or incoming students as well. They straight away look at an exit point outside of Spain. Got it. I guess another element is you know, the question whether people actually speak fluent Spanish or right. not coming into the uh, the business school. That must be a huge challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get a local job, it is a prerequisite, I would say, at most companies. Right. You do get the odd exception. But the careers services at Asade, they're really great in attracting a lot of top companies. We have regular recruitment fairs. We have ties to most industries. So we do find most students wanting to come to Spain because they would like to remain in Europe. Right. So I guess many are scattered around Europe with UK, Germany, Netherlands being particular hotspots. Mm -hmm. But there are also those who go back to the States, for instance, or find new opportunities in the States or in Asia. I myself was interning in Japan over the summer. Oh, that's right. You so, mentioned to me. That's right. Where, tell us about that. Where, where were you? Sure. So I spent my summer interning at a company called Rakuten mm -hmm. in their Tokyo offices. Yeah. They had a structured MBA program in their chief executive innovation office. It was honestly a magnificent opportunity that I, I just couldn't pass up. Right. What did you do there? Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So the MBA program itself, they recruited 10 MBAs from some of the top global uh, business schools. And we had some structured learning over there. But what happened was they attached us to business units almost as in-house consultants. Okay. So I joined a new tech unit, which was looking at their data management. So I don't know how much you know about Rakuten, but they are an incredibly diverse company. So they started off in e-commerce, but since then they've moved as well into financial services, energy, telecom, sports and media. Mm -hmm. And... With that, they're generating obviously a lot of data and there's quite a lot of value over there. But some of the user flow, the data flow and the value chain isn't always connected up. So this business unit was formed to try and extract maximum value. And as a new business unit, they formed as well a few internal tools, right. which I was looking at how could they actually commercialize and potentially look at selling to external customers like Toyota or Honda. Right. That's fascinating. There's, I, I, I feel like with this interview, we need to touch base with you again <laughs> uh, before you leave <laughs> to see, to kind of really understand, I guess, how the Haas different, you know, experience differs from, from Asade, but sure. more so how you took advantage or, you know, how, how you were able to take advantage of the, uh, the Haas resources, which I hope you can, you know, maximize well with your time here. No, so far, Haas has been incredibly supportive. It's been amazing tapping into the network over here. A lot of opportunities. I'm going to Yosemite as well mm -hmm. next week. And I'm hoping you know, to get as involved as possible. So I guess call out to any listeners. If, <laughs> uh, if you're looking for any company or have any cool events to go to, I'll, uh, I'll be more ready to jump in. Yeah. Last question. What are you looking to do after your MBA? If you know. <laughs> Because I don't even know, but 
if you happen to have any thoughts around that to to give our listeners, you know, for any prospective students that are evaluating, you know, the MBA for themselves or the value of it. Sure. So I think I went in with a long-term view that I would like to set up my own business. I'll be honest, I'm not very sure yet where exactly I want that to be. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm looking at how can I boost my skill set? How can I learn a lot more? And the way I see this is I would like to see myself either at a more innovative technology company, Mm -hmm. doing a little bit what I've done in the past, so strategy around scaling products and services, or potentially going into a consultancy where I can get a bit more of a structured deep dive into various industries Mm -hmm. and look at how I can apply that. I do get quite a push in the entrepreneurial direction. (laughs) So back out of Saturday, I'm president of the Entrepreneurship Club. Mm -hmm. I am feeding off that energy I had back when I was in the startup. Yeah, And honestly, I'm increasingly tempted as well to give it a go straight after the MBA. I think it's one of those rare opportunities where you can give yourself permission as well to do something perhaps a little bit more risky. Right. I have a huge, huge passion for flying. Mm -hmm. So I have a private pilot's license and it would be a dream of mine if I could combine that (laughs) in any entrepreneurial venture. Okay. But I'll I'll leave that as a future aspiration and something to work towards. Nice. (laughs) I do have one last, last question. (laughs) Because you know we've in, in the in the states we we all hear of uh, the European schools right the top schools your Asade your NCAD. Mm-hmm. What is Haas's reputation in Europe as far as you know? And and how well do you think you can leverage the Haas reputation now that you've studied abroad for this semester uh, towards say your startups or your future sure. career? Just curious. So in my case, I was faced with a choice where I could have gone to either Booth, Berkeley, or Kellogg, mm-hmm. and I spoke to many people before uh, on their take of mm-hmm. the reputation, both Americans and Europeans. Right. And I think there's one element where if you're talking to people who are aware of business schools, then they'll mostly know what each school stands for. Right. And there's not necessarily this kind of wall uh, in terms of awareness of what Haas stands for. Right. Overall, Haas, I think, has a relatively good reputation in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's more the Berkeley name, which really stands out. So right. compared, for instance, to specific business schools like Booth, mm-hmm. Berkeley as a name carries a lot further, actually. That's the same in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone so knows Berkeley. It doesn't surprise me, actually. So, you know, you even see people walking around with some of the Berkeley jumpers as well, yeah. back in Barcelona or, you know, in London. So that, that for me definitely weighed in. And I think as well, the connection to the Bay Area, it reinforces an image of innovation, access to technology, Correct. perhaps a little bit as well, liberal thinking yep. over here. I think that's a, a stereotype that does carry through. Right. But overall, you know, it's a strong reputation. It's known as a fantastic school. And I'm incredibly happy to be here. That's great to hear. And, and we obviously think you made the right choice. And we'll make sure you get a jumper before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Conrad. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in today. My aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories. We're always looking for Haasies willing to share their stories and experiences so that we can give you more insights into the different programs, different careers, and ultimately different perspectives. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me for suggestions on how I can improve this podcast, or if you have any recommendations on people or content you'd like to hear. My email is reachshawn at berkeley.edu. That's spelled R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu. 